dream in the heart of God that Satan has continued to try to destroy. And that if we will, if we will understand that God's desire is super clear, uh, He's laid it out in the scripture, then we can get our hearts aligned with what the Lord's desire is and just, just work under His, under His will. And so, uh, Revelation 5, 9, I, I just, this, this passage has been on my mind the last week or two. Uh, it says, they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and redeemed us to God by your blood. And, and oftentimes this passage is actually quoted just, and it just stops right there. And, and it's a powerful thought, like the worth of Jesus Christ being anthemed around the throne. Oh, I didn't even start my alarm. I, I did it to y'all, but, um, uh, here, watch this. Hey, Siri. Set a timer for 18 minutes. I'll just count that as two minutes. All right, we're good. Uh, so it's being anthemed around the throne, the worth of Jesus. It's being tied to his, his sacrifice on the cross. And oftentimes the conversation stops there. But the point of the conversation is ultimately what was he doing on the cross? What was he going after on the cross? What was he seeking to do? And it was to redeem for God men from every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. It says, you have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign with him on the earth. And, and the point is this, that in the, in the eternal mind of the Father was a desire for a family. And from his desire for a family, he creates a race, a race, a human race. And in that race, he weaves together all sorts of expressions of his own nature and makes the entirety of the race together an emblem of himself because we've been created in his image and likeness. And so then from that race from that creation he wants a redeemed people who love him and that's that's what's in the dream of the father every tribe tongue people and nation a perfect reflection of who he is and, and if we can just catch that that the sort of the myriad expressions of culture throughout the earth throughout history in every tribe tongue people and nation are an expression of the image of who God is he's he's showing himself through each of us and here's the point when we're against that we stand in opposition against God <laughs> it's a huge thought when you stand against unity, you are standing firmly against the dream of the heart of the Father. And so that requires us to rethink how we interact, what we're about, what, what ends we're, we're shooting for, what we're going for, how we love, how we live, what spirit we're of. I think about the disciples, man. You talk about having to die to your culture. They were called to love Rome, who'd enslaved the whole nation. Love them. Lay your life down for them. 
Jesus has a plan to overcome opposition. It's called go to the cross. Because every opposition is answered in the victory of the cross. And it's what he calls us to do as a people as well. So there's this dream in the heart of God. And that's the ends that we have to be working on too. Now, I want to throw out a few other scriptures because I want to go from broad to narrow. Because when I have the dream, then I can understand what I, how I apply that dream in my life, how I need to act. Now, there's a few verses. Proverbs 18, 21. One you're extremely familiar with. I'm sure you've heard it quoted in and out of context. Uh, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life are in what you say. And those who love it will eat its fruit. The idea is that we're all going to be partaking of what we have created, death or life, with our mouths. Now, you don't have to believe that for that to be true. It's just true. So speech ends up being a big deal. Because what you say causes life or death. Well, thoughts are equally as important. Another proverb, 23.7. I'll just quote it like the old Word of Faith guys used to. As a man thinks within himself, so is he. You know, you're, you're a product ultimately of what you think and what you say. What you meditate on and what you talk about. And we know that what you talk about comes from somewhere, right? Out of the abundance of the, the mouth speaks. And, and I know these are things that you've heard in church before, but the truth of the matter is we don't believe this and we definitely don't believe it with the advent of social media. Cause somehow we think what we say is not what we type. Like that we've just found the loophole. And I can just type anything, and it's just not a big deal. It won't be life or death to me. But here's a passage. When we think about speech and we think about thoughts, the kind of Jesus just brings it together. Matthew 12. Let me just let the Word stand over us, because this is what I have to do. When I hear something that I don't like, I'm talking about the racial issue. When something provokes me from white people, from black people, I have to let the word then stand over me and judge me. Because I will say something stupid if I don't slow down and let the word anchor me and direct me and remind myself of the dream of God. So Matthew 12. Let's just listen to Jesus. Just listen to Jesus. He says, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. He says, how can you, being evil, speak good things? He's talking to the the Jews that are standing against him. And then he breaks it down. He goes, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will 
give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you'll be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. I'm convinced, based on what I see on social media from Christians, that they do not believe that passage. I'm just, just think this through. Do you want your social media posts held up in front of you when you stand before the Lord? Well, I mean, what's the, the Lord goes, hey, oh good, we'll come in. Great, man, let's just look at your feed. Let's just look at all, Will, what were you doing on May 23rd, 2017? You were saying some stuff. That wasn't my heart. I mean, do you want him to, come on. I can't imagine. He's going to roll through our Instagram, <laughs> Snapchat. He's going to roll through all of it, Facebook, Twitter. Every idle word, guys. What a spirit are we of? Here's our problem. We're watching how the world acts. We're hearing their rhetoric and their, their inflammatory language. And we're allowing it to impact us rather than Jesus' words impacting us. And then we're turning around and parroting the same thoughts with the same spirit in the church. And because of it, we've lost our prophetic voice. We've completely lost it. Because we look just like the world. It's crazy. It is crazy. Dialing in a little deeper. Uh, Denzel Washington. He was the subject of a false news story, fake news story. And he had a, a an opening of, of the movie that came out last year. And on the, on the red carpet of the opening of the movie, he calls out the media for lying about him. How many saw that video? This a handful. All right, well, I'll just read you the main quotes. <laughs> Denzel Washington, that's right. He says this, uh, Denzel Washington said this. He said, if you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you do read it, you're misinformed. One of the effects of too much information is the need to be first, not even to be true anymore. In our society, now it's just first. Who cares? Get it out there. We don't care who it hurts. We don't care who we destroy. We don't care if it's true. Just say it. Sell it. Anything you practice, you'll get good at, including BS. Bull stuff. Guys, words are important. Thoughts are important. What you think about and meditate on is important. What you say, it matters. Words matter. Not just social media. Your conversations, private ones, when it's just us. That matters. What we hear, what we say, it's critical. Jesus said it's critical. And we have to take pause when we see a world that is gone, is run completely out of control and lost their filter. 
They've lost their filter. Christians have lost their filter. One of my good best friends wrote an article this week uh, uh, um, from Kansas City, Black Lives Matter in the Kingdom. And I, was, I read the article, and it was a good article. It wasn't, um, like, he didn't just go in there, like, slashing and burning. I mean, the stuff that these guys said today was, like, way worse. <laughs> it was good. It, 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 was, it was good. It was good. And, uh, and they put it up on Facebook, put the article on Facebook. And then the 350 comments out of the 350, I think, I mean, I didn't read all of them. But from a percentage, just a glance, about 2% were positive. And then the other was just a mess. And it was, I was just, I, I couldn't believe it was our brothers and sisters in Christ saying this stuff. Stupid stuff. Black and white. Really stupid stuff. Christians. And, I, and I'm just going, guys, this... Here's our problem. We can't operate out of our emotion. We can't operate out of our upbringing. We can't operate out of what the media says. We can't operate out of our culture or whatever we think our culture is. We have to operate out of the power of the kingdom of God. We have to operate by the standards of the kingdom of God. We're Christians. We love Jesus. We've we've been conformed to his image or we're being conformed to his image. That's what we're called to live like. Our standard cannot be what the world is acting like, what everybody out there is mad about. It can't be. I know there's stuff going on out there. I know, I know. But it can't be what we do in here. In the community of faith, it cannot be. The outlets, the media outlets that have the broadest influence, think this through. They use the most inflammatory language. They're the sloppiest in what they say, and they're the most incendiary in what they, what they present, how they, how they phrase things. They will take a phrase to now, it doesn't even matter if the headline is even true, it's just clickbait. What can I say that will get the most people pricked and mad so they'll click on through? Because guess what? They're getting paid for your clicks. They're getting paid for your clicks, guys. They don't have to tell you the truth. They just got to get you to click on through. So they'll say stuff to just draw you in, to reel you in. They use the most inflammatory language. They do it intentionally. They want to control narratives. And and the reason why is they want to ultimately control the masses. So they say things that try to stir up and incite people's sensitivities and play on the emotions. And here's the deal. The more they can control your emotions, the more they can control your actions. Because as a man thinks, so is he. And what I'm trying to say is, Don't fall for it. Don't fall for it. There is an entire narrative that the world is spinning out there that's not the voice of the Lord. And it's not what is supposed to be our greatest influence. What's supposed to be our greatest influence is the Holy Spirit. And what the Spirit of the Lord is saying, and the Bible, and the Word of God that speaks truth to our soul, that's supposed to be our greatest influence. But instead, right now, I'm watching people extremely educated by the media, and by Google, and almost illiterate in the values and the culture of the kingdom. It's so dangerous. 
because it's not even Christian anymore. On the right and on the left. I mean, I'll tell you what's blowing my mind right now is the number of, uh, I'll just do it this way for a minute. The number of Republicans that think that the Republicanism is Christianity. It's blowing my mind. I'm blowing my mind. I go, what? And then just the twisting of the prophetic, and then just we're going to weave in a verse, going to pull that little phrase out, and now, yes, the Lord said. And I'm like, what is that? It's garbage. And, and, and anyway, it just it, you just get to the place where I, I'm different than Will. Will's like taking it all in right now. He's letting everybody on his Facebook. I'm like, I'm off Facebook. See y'all. Because I, right now, I must be too emotional. Garland tells me I'm too emotional all the time. You're too soft, man. You're too emotional. But all that mess, it causes my, I, I'm, I, I mean, I think at the core, I'm an intercessor. So, so I don't know how you don't go to travail when you read your comments. I read my comments. I'm like, Oh, Jesus. I can't, I can't do it. I don't, I don't want to know. I, I think I just, I just want to be happy in my, in my dullness. I don't want to know that's what you really like. I'd rather go along thinking you're you're a nice person. If they can control the way you think, they can control the way you feel, they can control the way you act. And ultimately, they're controlling the money too. And guys, we're not to be subject to that. That's my appeal. Let's not be subject to that. Let's be subject to higher truths. Let's be subject to the Word of God. Let's be subject to the Holy Spirit, the voice of the Spirit of God. Let's be subject to love. I love this. I was um, I was in L.A. last weekend, and I was you know speaking at a one thing, and and Misty's there, and I'm, I've known Misty for 15 years, and um, it's just fun to reconnect with her a little bit. But she got up and speak to speak, and she spoke on the same thing she always speaks on: that's dying. <laughs> it's kind of funny. She always speaks on dying. You're gonna die. Every one of you will die. But it's okay because we're all gonna live a long time. I'm like, that's true. She goes, there's a lot more living to do. After you die in this age, there's gonna be a lot more living to do. And she always says, don't live for this life. And I'm like, man, that's such a sweet, raw truth. It's so good. But then she said this. She said, the point of life, the point of life isn't to live. The point of life is to love. But that's not American. That's not white nationalism. That's not African American. That's that. That's not Republican, Democratic. That's the kingdom of God. The point is to love. All right, I'm gonna, I'm going to end with this. My the real thing I want to say is, we've got to be precise in what we allow in, and we've got to be precise in what we allow out. Okay, and right now we're being sold a bill of goods, and we're taking the scandal on hook, line, and sinker. We're just like that monkey with his hand in the trap, and we will not let the banana go. And I'm like, really, guys? We really? Let's not do that. Let it go. <clears throat> so I'm asking for precision in understanding, precision in speech, precision in terms. Don't just take broad, 
brush what the media says and then just apply it to everything you see or just parrot it. I always tell my sons, I go, that's somebody else's opinion you're trying to tell me right now. I can hear it. I can tell when my kid read an article and he's just speaking, you know, <laughs> whatever the article said. I go, you don't even think that. What do you really think? Well, no, Dad, Star Wars 2. I'm telling you, Star Wars 2 is the worst one. Look, no, what do you really think? And, and I, I don't want to be like that, guys. I don't want to be just these parrots of what they're feeding us. So precision is what I'm asking for. Now, let me help you with one thing, and this just to illustrate my point. When the masses swallow, when they just swallow what they're being fed, we get imprecise language and it becomes normalized in a culture. It becomes normalized over years. No one will know this name. If you do, you get a, you get a, a star or something. Anybody know Johann Friedrich Blumenbach? Don't lie. <laughs> yeah, y'all don't know him. He's, he, he is, he was an educator in the 16, 1700s. And he is the first person to do a study on historical race concepts, anthropology, human anthropology. He's the first person to identify it. And how did you say it before, Will, to categorize it? So what this guy did was, yes, Blumenbach is the first guy that came up with the idea of the Caucasian race, the Mongoloid race, the Malay race, the Negroid race, and he's not even an American, but his last one was the American race. In his studies, they begin to grab traction. So instead of there being understanding that there's different ethnicities and cultures, what got pushed in the 1700s was there were different races, and this is where you begin to get the concept of white supremacy. Certain races are lesser than other races. It's a lie. It's a lie, and the masses swallowed it. And that kind of a lie right there has a, a root system that's demonic and ends up with white supremacists and all this stuff, right? But right now, we're swallowing lies every single day. And they're maybe not of this magnitude, but they are poisoning us. So I'm asking for precision in speech, precision in thought, precision in what you hear and, and what you say, and, and, and precision in what the Holy Spirit's saying. That we would go for the dream of God. We'd be a united people heading towards His dream and His purpose. Amen?